Welcome to this episode of the Journal of Neuroophthalmology podcast. I'm Dr. Prem Subramanian. I'm the online content editor for the journal, and I am joined today by Dr. Carl Golnick, who is professor of ophthalmology at the Cincinnati Eye Institute, and Dr. Andrew Lee, professor and chairman of ophthalmology at the Methodist Hospital in Houston. Carl Andy, thanks for joining me today for this podcast. We're going to talk about the article that you wrote for the point-counterpoint for the controversy regarding optic nerve sheet fenestration versus CSF shunting for patients who have severe papilledema and vision loss. In the article, you both described that surgery should be done when medical therapy fails. Can you define for me what medical failure is, and are there ever cases where you go straight to surgery? So I would define medical failure as patients that uh, already have undergone weight loss as an initial therapy and have started on diuretic treatment, which for me is first line is acetylzolamide to the max tolerated dosage. Most of my patients can't go more than two to three grams a day, but we have gone up to four grams a day. Lasix is our second line agent, uh, ferrosamide, and then Topamax is our third line agent. So to me, failure means you took all or uh, tried at least uh, the three medicines and you're still having progressive vision loss, headache, or both. And I would agree with that, um, certainly. I think that uh, um, for me, um, I think the only difference would be that Topamax typically tends to be our second-line drug, Dimox or my first, and Lasix third line. Um, uh, Similar doses, up to two or three grams a day uh, if tolerated. Um, and, you know, some patients, of course, don't, don't tolerate big doses at all, so that can lead to something uh, more aggressive treatment sooner uh, in those patients. Um, the only other thing I would say is that you, you'd asked about um, cases that might go straight to surgery, um, and that is uh, certainly if I see somebody who presents with already significantly bad vision, and bad vision would be, you know, either very constricted visual fields or uh, constricted fields and, and any degree of central loss of vision, that's a patient who I'm not going to uh, sit around and, and ask them to lose weight uh, as a, uh, and, and treat them medically um, as a primary method of treatment in patients in that setting, which I think is fortunately fairly unusual, but those, would, those, those patients could go straight to surgery. Yes, I would agree uh, that surgical treatment for fulminant cases of IIH or papilledema for any cause, really. Uh, I also would recommend putting in a lumbar drain if it's pseudotumor cerebri while we're waiting for the surgery. And we still give them the medicines, but we're really just temporizing until we can get the surgery. I, I agree with that as well. The lumbar drain, if, it's, if their vision's real bad or going down the tubes fast, um, a lumbar drain pending uh, definitive surgical treatment. Now, is one of these procedures more dependent on surgical skill than the other when we're talking about fenestration versus shunting? And if it is, is that going to change your practice, what you recommend, depending on whether you're in a small hospital somewhere or a huge academic medical center? I think that uh, they they certainly are dependent on surgical skill. Um, Hard to compare. I think the two is to, you know, which requires more skill, and I don't think I'm qualified to do that. I do have, you know, a neurosurgeon who 
likes to do shunts, uh, and I find that that person seems to have better results. Um, so I, I don't personally know how what his technique is, but he likes to do them, and, and it seems that the results are better than in some of my other surgeons who really don't like to do shunts. Uh, and fenestration as well, I think definitely there's uh, a fair bit of skill needed for that. Um, I, I don't think I can really answer the question about which requires uh, more skill. I would uh, echo what Carl has said. Uh, as with any surgical procedure, they're both very operator-dependent procedures, and the more procedures that the surgeon has done, the less complications they're going to probably have. And I would rather have someone who's done a lot of one or the other procedure, even if I favor uh, sheath fenestration, I still would rather have a shunt done by an experienced person than a sheath fenestration done by an inexperienced person. So I think there are places in the country where they don't have sheath fenestration, but they do have neurosurgery. And so that does play a role in choosing which they would have access to and to use. Uh, we're lucky here in Houston to have a number of surgeons who can do sheath fenestration and plenty of neurosurgeons that do shunts. I agree with that philosophy. That sounds like a reasonable approach. Find the guy who, or woman who's done the most of these, uh, regardless of the procedure. Now, do you think the rate of papilledema resolution is different between nerve sheath fenestration and shunting, whether it's LP or VP shunting? And um, if so, is that going to influence your decision-making at all in, in cases or not really? Well, for me, I think sheath fenestration gets immediately to the heart of the problem if it's vision loss from papilledema. The problem, of course, is it only affects one eye directly at a time, even though we do have some evidence that it does help the fellow eye. Um, I think that the response to treatment from shunting is similar in our experience in terms of they both will reduce the papilledema, but we have had better results with sheath fenestration reducing the swelling immediately on ophthalmoscopically visible um, changes, and the surgeons often report that they have this gush of fluid that comes out when they make the fenestration or window with the sheath fenestration. I think that, uh, that it's clearly, I agree with Andy, that you know, we know that when you do the fenestration, then basically immediately the pressure on that nerve is normal. Now, in terms of the rate of resolution of the papilledema, um, I, you know, I don't really know. Um, I think I've certainly seen patients with, uh, with good shunting procedures who seem to have rapid bilateral resolution of the papilledema. So, you know, one benefit to the shunt might be that you, if you have a good shunt working, you're going to get faster bilateral resolution, but I don't know of any definite data that looks at the actual rate of papilledema resolution. Uh, but certainly in, in patients who would come in with bad vision, and that's their primary problem, uh, I would favor the fenestration for the, for the you know, because I know for sure that that pressure is going to be low as soon as they fenestrate the nerve. Now, the long-term patency, whether it's shunting or fenestration, uh, may not be very good, and it's been argued back and forth which procedure has a better success rate or uh, it stays open longer. Do you think it matters because our ultimate treatment, as you both mentioned before, is weight loss. So are, are these really just short-term temporizing measures, even in the face of severe vision loss, or are we looking for a long-term surgical cure? 
Well, I, I would hope that it's a temporizing measure, but as we know, you know, we don't always get that weight loss that we would like to see. And there are, of course, the reports of recurrent papilledema um, after nursing fenestration and after shunting that requires further intervention. So although it would be nice uh, if it was a temporizing procedure for all that weight loss to occur, uh, we don't always get all that weight loss and the, the papilledema can return. So I think it is important from that standpoint. I think that both procedures uh, are good temporizing measures. I think they have similar rates of visual recovery and improvement of the papilledema in the short term. I don't think either procedure cures the patient, uh, but uh, I don't think we're aiming for a cure from these surgeries. I think we're just trying to get them through the acute, elevated, increased intracranial pressure uh, stage and the papilledema stage and they somehow re-equilibrate over time, even after the sheath fenestration has closed up or the shunt has failed, they seem to do better, uh, even though we know that probably is not a functional shunt a lot of the time years down the road. Any final comments about either one of these procedures, your choice? I know that, Carl, you were in favor of shunting for this argument and Andy sheath. Any final statements? I was just going to say that for me, the main driver is the sheet fenestration in the hands of our surgeons has less morbidity and we have had no mortalities. Even though in the literature um, there have been mortalities and serious morbidities from the, sheet, from the shunting procedures, I think that's very operator dependent and institution dependent and I'm sure Carl can speak to that for his institution. Uh, our experience with the shunting procedure, mortality and morbidity has not been as high as that reported in the literature, but we have seen almost every one of the shunt-related complications that's been reported, even in the hands of a good surgeon. So to me, the main driver is if it's vision loss related to papilledema, I prefer the sheath fenestration if I have it for mortality and morbidity reasons, not for efficacy. And although I, I did argue the, 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 the shunt size in the article, um, I'm, in practice, um, I do what Andy does, I think, in, as far as the patient with visual loss, and that is uh, if they have visual loss or are rapidly losing vision, then I, I prefer nerve sheath fenestration. We have, I think we have excellent uh, uh, nerve sheath surgeons and we have excellent shunting surgeons, um, but in that scenario where vision is really the main issue, then I, I prefer nerve sheath fenestration. However, I have many patients where the vision is um, mildly abnormal and the headaches are the main issue. They've gone through maxillental therapy, and I tell them that, you know, there's a 50-50 chance more or less that their headaches will improve with fenestration, and they, they, the patients don't want to hear that. Um, and we talk about shunting, we talk about complications and everything, and, and usually those patients with the bad headaches um, uh, end up with a shunt, and are, at least in, in my practice and institution, um, certainly have uh, fairly good results with the shunting. Uh, certainly, people occasionally will need, might need a revision, but not at the sort of reported rates that I've, I've, I've read about. Yes, the only thing I would add to that is uh, I consider maximal medical therapy for headache, having seen a neurologist and having failed multiple classes of headache medicine, and having relief with the lumbar puncture before we would consider the shunt, and we don't use the shunt after just failing diuretic therapy for our headache patients. And I would, I would agree with that as well. Well, I'd like to thank you both for sharing your experience today and talking about this still controversial subject 
and I think that our listenership will appreciate your expertise. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast represents the copyrighted content of the North American Neuro-Ophthalmology Society. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants.